Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got RJ Slauson. Um, great guy, great player, did a lot of damage in this area in high school sports and uh, went on to USC and transferred to JU and had a great career in the college arena. Um, but in our conversation, we talked about just certain things um, that leads to being a great athlete, being a great student, green, being a great person. Um, those things that uh, RJ and I know very well just from being student athletes. And um, one of the main things I got from RJ um, in our conversation is about hard work, being on time, and um, just doing what you got to do. Uh, those conversations, those, those things, those skills um, can lead you to be a, um, a great person, a great citizen after basketball. So um, let's get into the interview. Again, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you coming on. I've been been trying to get to you for a minute. You know what I mean? Because I know yeah, man. you're one of the um one of the best that ever done it from this area. So we love to, you know, what I'm saying get the get that feedback, get that word, let the 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 other ones coming up know, you know what's what to expect and you know how to do how to do things. So I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, man. I know uh, you wanted the ghost to come out of here too, man. Just coming out of Burton, going to college in Charleston. For sure. As a, sure. a big time, just being a, you know, hometown hero for real. For sure. For sure. I appreciate that. All right, so we'll get started, man. Um, and what we do with our, um, we like to take it from the bottom to the top, man. So, you know, tell people, you know, your parks and rivals, because that's what all comes in there, right? We start on the park, playing the playground, rec department. And we kind of grow from that. Take us back to where, you know, you started, what park, what rec department, and how that really kind of affected your, your start. Yeah. So, I mean, starting off, man, when I was little, yeah. the, first, the first rec part I went to was um, Faith Assembly. Um, that's down there in Somerville. Then I made my way to um, Danny Jones. That's more in the, in the park circle area. Right. And um, that's really, growing up, that's really where the, most part, that's where I played at with Danny Jones area. Then when I got to high school, it was more so a park called uh, Crossroads down right. in Somerville. Right. Um, a lot of people didn't, haven't heard about some, uh, not Somerville, but uh, Crossroads. Cause I never heard I of Crossroads. Yeah, I think it was it was popping for maybe about five to six years. I know okay. freshman year to my really, really to college, I know that was the spot that I used to go to. Right. Um, right. I know, like after high school. I mean, yeah, after school, we'll just everybody just go to Crossroads. For sure. For my sure. Big cousin, my big cousin Brandon. Yeah. He'll come pick me up. He'll just take me to Crossroads. We'll be there all day on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. For sure. Go to Crossroads. That For was sure. that was I go to spot. And like you said, that's kind of it's different when you on the you know like on the on the on the on the court like on the outside courts. It's just a different different mentality that you got to have out there that kind of builds you up to a different basketball player. It's more physical. You're more, right. more mental. You got you to be tough out there. I mean, that's how you, you gain your name. That's how you, you know, that's all you got really when you're out there. So you sure. can't be no punk. Right. And that's why I tell you all the time. That's, that's where we start off from. So I like to get that, you know, get that feedback on how it all started in the park growing up because you ain't got no protection out there. It's only you, the ball, your friends. And if guess what, if you lose, you probably don't get back on for another Exactly. Two, three games are not even a whole day. So exactly. you really had to go hard during the times. But well, besides, because we're going to get to your dad. Was, it, was your dad playing the city or was? That was my uncle. 
Okay, your uncle played it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, but but take us back to um, you know, and growing up in in the rec department and, and just playing because yeah, so it's good to play outside and 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 kind of compete. But where where did you get your 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 your, your interest? Like you know what I mean? Like that love for the game. You know what I mean? And well, really, just growing up, my uncle, my dad, and really my whole family, they all played ball. My my first, well, not my first. But when I, when I was at Fifth Assembly, that's probably like my third year playing basketball. My mom was my coach. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it just was instilled in me to just just play. I mean, the first time I played basketball, I was probably like five years old. Right. Um, and to this day, actually, I was on the phone with one of my best friends yesterday. He played on my, my first basketball team. We still cool to this day. But, I mean, that's kind of right. just it's, – it's good to still have friends that from back then to now. But, um, yeah, really – Really, I just just came from a basketball family, man, and right. I, when I just came out the womb, for real, I, just, I remember having the Fisher Price goal. <laughs> I remember as I get older, playing in the backyard. I remember right. just playing with my cousins. Everybody, everybody played. My cousin played at uh, Fort Dorchester. My dad played at Somerville. They all grew up there. My mom played in Munts Corner at wow. Berkeley. Wow. Um, they all played college ball, so it just was something that that I, I knew I was gonna do. For sure. So, you know, starting to wreck and then you moved to middle school, then moved to high school. Because I saw in your bio, you went to Stratford and then switched to Fort Dorchester, right? Mm-hmm. So let's touch base on that, you know, briefly, because some of the kids that's listening or even players are listening, because we're going to talk about, because you transferred from USC to Jacksonville as well, too, right? So mm-hmm. talk about the reason you transferred from Stratford to Fort Dorchester. Well, I moved. My parents had to move in with my grandparents because my my grandfather got real sick. Yeah, he's always coming to the games in a wheelchair, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. everybody. Yeah, everybody know Big Fred. Yeah. Um, but he got real sick, and um, so my dad and my my mom had to go take care of him. So we moved from the Stratford area gotcha. to um, Fort Dorchester, and um, so yeah, my freshman year I played at I played at Stratford. Um. Then I ended up having to sit out my sophomore year because right. because of the transfer rules. Where at that time, really, it was because the athletic director didn't want to let me play. Like right. he, he didn't um, release my transcripts. My sister, who was a senior, she didn't even get a chance to play her senior year because of that too. But um, that was really the main reason why we, we transferred. Really, just because my, my parents had to take care of my grandparents. So. Got you. And looking at your bio, I see shared that junior year after you after you came back. You you went on a spree your junior senior year at Fort Dorchester, but yeah. that year you set out. What's what was your mentality that sophomore year? Because that was because that's people always talk about the junior senior year, but those things that happened in junior senior year was because of that sophomore season setting out. Take frame that for me. So my sophomore year, I played AU. So um, that really was everybody knew me because of AU, well from Stratford for one thing, but AU kind of. You know, AU different from high school. So, you sure. I mean, the competition a little, little different. So, I used to just play AU, but everybody that I played AU with was from Fort. Mm. So, it would be like Corey, Rez, Big Tim, Galen, all of them um, I was from Fort. So, I kind of already had that chemistry with them before I moved over there. Right. But I think if we were to play my sophomore year, if I were to play my sophomore year, I think we would have won state. Um, mm. Just because I, man, I... I started lining up. Everybody was over six foot, and everybody could ball. I know. Um, I don't even know if you remember, but uh, Mike Matthews. I remember that line. Pretty good over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had Chris Dozier. We had uh Boozy. Mm. We had Big Tim that was there. Galen, Corey, Rez, like everybody that I already named. So, but practices used to be crazy because I used mm. to I used to go to this. I used to play on the second string because mm. I mean I wasn't gonna play. Right. I had to sit out right. there. So I think, honestly, I think that honestly helped us out a lot because, you know, just competing every day. I mean, I ain't stopping iron for real. So um, really, I think that's what helped us out. And we, I to this day, man, I tell everybody, if I would have played my sophomore year, I think that was, that was the, one of our biggest chances to win state that year, honestly. Right, right. But I mean, I, I, then the year after that, I just had that mentality that I had to just, Go ahead and show people what I had because I had I missed the whole year of right. high school ball. Right. So I mean the people at Fort knew 
I can ball. The people at Stratford, they, I mean, I was I was decent at Stratford, played varsity and everything. But um, that sophomore year, I kind of just, well, my junior year, that's kind of when I just kind of had that mentality, like, man, I'm, it's payback for everybody. Like, I'm right. trying to go at everybody's head. I remember the game coming back to Stratford. That's actually was my worst game. But I was just so hyper. I'm like, it's man, always, I'm about to kill. It always like that. It's always yeah. like that. <laughs> it was my worst game. It, it, it was, it, I wanted to. It was my worst scoring game, I should say. For sure. Because, I mean, everything else, I mean, defense-wise, I was there. It just – I just couldn't – just couldn't make any shots that too game. Hype. But, too hype. Too much. Yeah, too much that's energy. what it was, man. I had so much adrenaline. But, but honestly, man, it's just that junior year, I just wanted to, to show everybody, man, this, this is what y'all was missing and just kind of just get my name more out there. Right. And you and you did your thing your junior year. I mean, junior and sophomore year. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about your recruiting wars, right? Because, you know, in talking to people, like, you know, my story, everybody's story, players pick colleges based on comfortability, someone they know, or, you know, just being close to home, per se. And I see mm-hmm. you had a couple of different offers, Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia Tech. Why why, why USC? Man, honestly, me and uh, Bruce, Bruce Ellerton, we kind of just had to sit down one day. He was on – we basically, we was going to go to the same school regardless. So, even if it was Clemson, Georgia Tech, Georgia, whatever it was, we was going to end up going to the same school. Right. Um, And then it just one, – one day we were just sitting down, man. Like, man, what, was gonna, what, what we going to do? And it was – honestly, we was thinking about going to Southern Cal, USC Southern Cal, honestly. Mm. Um, I think it was after – a game at Peach at Peach State. Is it the Peach Jam or Peach State? Um, the coach from from Southern Cal was out there talking to us. Um, well, he wasn't really talking to us, but that was the first one. I, I just remember seeing him. Right. Reached out to us the next day, or whenever the recruiting time was, reached out to us, spoke with him, and um, that was I was kind of leading to going over there. A lot of people don't even know that, but I was ah. actually kind of leading to going over to the Pac-12. That, I mean, right. um, that, you know, that West Coast different playing style. It's kind of yeah. actually more of my playing style, honestly. Exactly. But then um, we just, me and Bruce decided that we wanted to stay more close to home. So we just decided to go to the real USC and go to South Carolina. So. And that segue into my other topic, RJ, because, you know, for the listeners out there, um, do you think that was the right decision for you to make? Not the school, but to pair up with your friend going to a college. Because, and before you answer that, um, and, and that's the mess I'm trying to get to the, to, the, to the audience, that when they're picking a the school, they got to be focused on, first of all, the coaching uh, uh, contract at that school. If they've been there for a long time with a losing record, they're probably not going to be there through the 10-year. In this timeout message, we got Jamie Jenkins. And so you know what you'll you'll find this you'll find this uh, uh, you'll you'll laugh at this, just you know. I, and I, I know I'm a lot like you in that we're basketball heads, man. Like For sure. even though I'm removed from playing my playing days, I'm a basketball guy. For sure. And so when I was playing, imagine how much of a basketball head. Like you're just you're reading, trying to figure out who's mm. who. I'm in this new city. Mm. I don't know anything. I don't know high school players. I don't know other mm. players. You know, I'm. T- and I remember being in ROTC, Air Force ROTC one day. And in fact, they gave a, there was an update on Jamel President in the Post and Courier about your recruitment. I think Wyoming, did you commit right. to Wyoming? Wyoming and, and Clemson. I remember the commitment, Wyoming to Wyoming. And Clemson. I read the commitment to Wyoming. And then I think I saw something happen. And then you ended up at the College of Charleston. Like all of this stuff, man, just me trying to formulate who's, what's the pecking order? For who's sure, who, for sure, you for know, sure. who am for I sure. going to have to play against? Who, Who's from this city that I need to know? All of those sure. things, man. Now let's get back to the interview. If, they, if they're there with a winning record and they just got there, probably got a good chance to compete through, through your tenure. Right. Playing style, you know, all those things got to make a, make, a, make a choice. And, and I think as athletes, especially – I'm looking at looking at your, your your numbers, you know, top which we got here. You was Gatorade player of the year, uh 4A mm-hmm. player of the year, region 
play of the year, average 22, 12, and four. Um, South Carolina uh, Basketball Association preseason, Elite Five, All-State. I mean, all these things. Why did we – do you think you made the – not the correct decision going to USC? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just to kind of piggyback on what I was talking about earlier with the uh, Southern Cal, one of the reasons that stirred me away from Southern Cal was um, they were just on, like, probation or something like that. Okay. So that was kind of like – I think they were still on probation from the Reggie Bush eras and all of that stuff. Oh, uh, Yeah. So um, they, I, I think they couldn't go to the tournament. There was something going on to where I was like, yeah, there's probably not going to be a good good look over there. Then um, playing style is definitely uh, a, a decision factor that people should take in um, account on because um, Pac-12, that's really, like I said, that's more of my, my playing style, sure. like the West Coast. Up um, and down a little bit more. Right, right. Um, but South Carolina at that time, was kind of on that playing style too with Coach Horn. Mm. Um, and the players that he was recruiting was more so those types. So it was gotcha. it was supposed to be a running gun. Let's go sure. fast, fast paced. And that's kind of stuff that you like you gotta keep in mind. You gotta know your playing style. If you're sure. if you're a, if you're a traditional big SEC actually might it might be okay for you because it's kind of like one of those um those those things that you gotta kind of adapt to, but yeah. If you're one of those stretch, you got to look at different different areas where you can fit in. Um, like I can, I know I keep on talking about the West Coast, but that's because that's that's what comes to my mind first because I know that's the the type of playing style that they play. For sure. So all of that has to play a factor. Um, as far as friends go, I don't think I, I don't think me I made a decision to follow follow Bruce. Like we kind of made that decision on our own to right, kind of right. do that because there was a lot of places that like Chris was still at Texas A&M. They right. were trying to get me to go over there. I could have went there. Um, my boy Milton, he was at Clemson. I could have went to Clemson. Milton. Yeah. Yeah. KJ, me and KJ real close. We could have um, both went to Wichita State at the time where he was at and Wichita State was was big Pretty time. They was, yeah. uh, I think they, they went to the Final Fours during, during that span. Right. Um, so there was there was a couple of different places that I could have gone with um, with my friends, but it's just a bunch of different things you got to take in in account when you just when you're making that decision. Right, right, and that's and that's that's the that's the, not the main reason, but that's kind of the reason why we had this podcast because to hear the stories like this, you know what I mean? Because if was if another kid is thinking about a school and he has a good friend that's playing football or basketball and he's like, "Yo, we, we want to go," you know, that's something to be thinking about. Do I do we want to go this together? It might work out for one person, not the other, or even both. But you have to take in consideration for your best interest at heart. You know what I'm saying? What's best for the individual, yourself. And um, those things you got to drive home. Because, yeah, USC might have had that style of play. But if something happened within your sophomore season that you didn't like and you had to, you had to change. And to avoid those things from happening, not saying you can avoid them, but the best to, you know, your best chances is to put yourself in a situation where, all those things line up with the coaches, the playing style, the comfortability. And then, you know, you have a better opportunity of having a better full career for your career um, when you have those, when you make those decisions, but moving forward, um, you had a great uh, uh, four year career. Let's move in and talk about more of the recruitment of not recruitment, but signing the life after basketball, because everybody want to play at the next level. Um, Mm -hmm. Your senior year at JU, Frame that for me. What what happened in that senior year as far as you moving forward and getting to the next level? So my senior year, so after so I transferred my senior year to go to JU. Um the main reason that I did that was all right. When I went to Carolina, I was supposed to be playing a certain way. I had I was told all these things, which was definitely supposed to happen and to certain spots did, but it was different factors that changed that. Sure. For example, some players got hurt. Had to play out of position a lot. Mm. That at that time, man, I was <laughs> mm. I was probably like two oh five playing the center. Mm. When really I came in there as a uh, as a four three, mm. but I mean I had to just play. I had to adapt and play with what my team needed at that time. For sure. Um, and then when um Frank came in. I, I love Frank, man. I know everybody got a kind of different opinion about him. 
But me and Frank had no bad blood. Even when I was transferring, he looked out for me. Even after I transferred, he'd tell me, hey, man, you can come back to campus, come mm-hmm. play, come hoop with the guys, all of that. But um, the reason I transferred then, it was just like, man, I, it was my senior year. I felt like I was starting back over. Every year I felt like we had to start back over because sophomore year, um, we're coming in. Let me back up. My freshman yeah. year was six freshmen. Six freshmen, um, four, four sophomores, one junior and two seniors on the team. So we was young. Mm. Junior, uh, sophomore year, that same crew came back except for the the seniors, obviously. But then um, something happened inside. Uh, sure. Just like uh, personal stuff. Not with me, sure. but just in, with the team. For sure. Where people start bumping heads and decisions had to be made. They ended up firing the coach. And a lot of people mm-hmm. left. But then my junior year, that's when Frank came. So it's I like basically we feel like I have to start back over my junior year because it's just new new people, new pieces, new everything coming in, new playing style, all of that. So then um senior year, I was thinking to myself, man, this is my last hurrah. I need to go somewhere. Even if it's a, a smaller school, be a bigger fish in the in a small pond, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I just need to go somewhere to, you know, just kind of just start start something new. For sure. So um one of a good friend of mine, uh Coach Will, he's he's from Moss Corner actually. So me and he's a good friend with my mom. We were just talking. He was assistant coach there. So that was the main reason I kind of went there. And then I looked at the lineup, looked at the players. Had a I started five was looking back at it, we could have made we we messed up. <laughs> could have made some noise, but it was some um there's some internal issues there too, man. Sure. That's one thing sure. that I've learned over my years of, in basketball that you you, was on, you only as strong as your weakest link, man. Sure. And if y'all aren't on the same page, if y'all not trying to go to the trenches together, you could have you could have five LeBron James, but mm. if y'all not have each other's back, mm. then it's it's a different story. Right. It's a different story. But um, but yeah, that that's how my senior year went. Just come, just well, that's the reason that I that, that I transferred there, thinking, okay, sure. I'm starting a new beginning. Let's uh let's see how things go. Right. But then some things happened where it was the same situation where people weren't seeing eye to eye. A lot, but one thing I would say it taught me a lot because everybody that was there kind of they rocked with me, not just because I went to South Carolina, right? But it's just kind of like they just the type of person I was, man. They they rocked with me heavy, so sure. they'll tell me a bunch of stuff. So I knew what was going on, right? But then right. I kind of was kind of like that glue, but it's just a lot. For <laughs> it's sure. just a lot going on, so sure. it just didn't plan out the way that it did. But it taught me, it taught me a lot because even going to the next level when I played professional, a lot of my professional team, mm-hmm. my my my, I think my best professional team was probably in Germany. But we didn't have the most talent. Mm. It just because we had, I had everybody had, was on you the had the most stage. cohesiveness, though. Yes. Mm. Like we was, it was, I had people that just just wanted to go to war. Like they had each other, they'd be mad off the court. But when we, <laughs> between the lines, all of that's through the window. Like we just try to win this game. We try, we got each other's back. I knew if I'm coming off the court, I know the person that's coming in behind me. Mm. They going to maintain whatever's going on until I get back on. They know For their sure. job, they knew their role. So. For sure. That's that's one thing that I would say that uh just a different experiences through college kind of got had me prepared for and knew what to say during the, those moments and as a pro to get people on the same page. And and again, that's that's what life's all about. You know what I'm saying? You go through those different turbulence, go through different life experience, so you can be prepared for the show. You know what I mean? And that's 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 kind of what happened. I forgot I forgot to, to give you a big up on ha- on having that freshman academic um award too. That's huge coming as a freshman student athlete. You know, we don't usually have to usually we don't usually see that. So I just want to give the audience give the big up for that. But um yeah, pretty- talk about the next level going pro because you need an agent, you need some type of representation, you know. A lot of a lot of players can really play. But they don't have the type of representation, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of players can't play, but they got good representation to get on. You've seen that before too. Mm-hmm. So talk exactly. about your situation. How did your represent- representation come along, and uh, how did that? How was that beneficial in helping you moving to your professional career? Um, 
So my my first agent, um, Jamie Knox, big time agent. Um, he actually he just wrote he wrote me. He uh, but he he's from he's from the Georgia area, Atlanta. So he he just knew everybody from North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I think he went to um, Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So he kind of would just eyeing people that's in the area. He knew me at South Carolina, knew me at Jacksonville. Um, and then a lot of people don't know. So after Jacksonville, I had to get surgery on my foot. So mm. that kind of shot a lot of agents mm. and a lot of people mm. overseas from, from recruiting me at that time. Mm. And then um, I was speaking with Jamie. I moved from Jacksonville to Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for like, I think four months, just rehabbing my foot and then training mm. to go to the next level. So um, really Jamie kind of just put me in the, in the right position or yeah, to the right position kind of, but he still said, bro, you got to prove yourself now. And sure. like, everybody know you coming off this injury. So you need to, wherever you go, you just got to prove yourself. Um, but just, just like, they were, after that, really after my first year overseas, that's when more so a lot of agents started coming out of the Woolworths because mm. then they kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, he he got it. He can still play. He can play. Like, mm-hmm. even after the injury, he still got it. So then that's when DMs started getting packed. Hey, man, um, such and such from such and such sports, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost, it's almost, it felt like a. Like being recruited all over again. again. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. college again, being recruited again. But I'm a, I'm one of those guys that's going to stick with, with who I started with. So I started, yeah. uh, I kept Jamie. Um, and then, really, Jamie was the best, the the, the best uh, agent that out of the, the people that was coming at me uh, personally to me. For sure. When I was in Atlanta, man, he set me up with the right people. Right. He had me at Georgia Tech getting um, the treatment that I needed. Our runs was crazy. We used to run with the Atlanta Hawks and whoever was the pros that that live in the city. We all ran at the same spot um, wow. at the Skills Factory. So I mean. He prepared me for what I needed to do when sure. I, to, to, to go to the next level. So that was that was big time. I, me and Jamie still talk to this day. I and mean, that was kind of one of the main reasons I stuck with him. So that's what's up. What does it take to be a champion? Hard work. Passion. Experience. Nah, it takes winning. So if you're injured, go with the guy with the winning record. I'm attorney Mike Hostelow, and I will never back down. The most important message to get across to student-athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury. An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode.
Now let's get back to the interview. And that's important. Mm-hmm. The young fella need to know that. You know, a lot of people hard to get an agent. And sometimes, you know, yeah, if you it, they don't know that your agent works for you. So yeah, you can hire and fire whenever you want to, but loyalty is the best, the best, the best policy when it comes to having that rela- having that relationship with your agents. You know what I'm saying? And definitely I'm glad you said that because a lot of kids don't know that being loyal, you know, can get you a long way when you're in this business because that's just how it how it is. But you got to produce too, but being loyal to people that brought you in. Because if you burn those bridges and you you screw somebody over, nine times out of ten, it's gonna happen to you. You're gonna see that situation. Right. Yeah. Right. And then now nowadays, honestly, with the with the agencies, it's like you said, they screw they screw a lot of people over, man. They um they'll say they do this, that, and the third, but they're not even they're not even certified to do this. They don't even mm. have the right connections to do this, but they just you know gassing you up on a dream. Right. Especially for people who really don't know and just trying to, hey man, I, I just need the opportunity. So they they'll they come up with fake pages and send you a bunch of different stuff. So you mm. got to do your due diligence on these people as well before you just jump in. Wow. Just wow. because they they show you an opportunity don't mean that they're gonna present that that opportunity is real. So you gotta you still gotta do your work and due diligence on whoever's recruiting. That's 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 good stuff. Um, and you briefly talked about the transition from high school to college talk about the 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 playing comp competitiveness from high school to college and then college to pro like what are some things that you could have did better that you didn't do as high school and college that could prepare you better than the pro life talk about that um honestly man high school don't prepare you for college man. <laughs> as far as uh like them workouts and it's, it's just a different, it's just, it's just a different mentality, a different uh, dedication. Like when you, when you, from high school, you playing for fun. In college, this really is a job. Like, right. and it wasn't until really afterwards when I was thinking about what I was going to do after ball. Like, I understand why coaches are the way that they are because they put in their livelihood on 18 year old who mm. just want to play basketball because they want to play basketball. Nah. <laughs> You want to, we need you to be disciplined. We need you to, I don't, I, the, the culture shouldn't have to be down your back every day about grades, about, about, they don't have, they, you got to do the little things mm. beyond basketball to where they don't have to worry about you. Mm. And that's going to make your life a whole lot easier. Like right. when it comes to grades or just, you know, just being a good person, not, not getting into trouble, uh, just being, going to class on time, you know, uh, not being, Grades was a big part because you got to think about it. if you're not eligible to play, that's another for sure. That's another problem right there. So right. just um, but but to get to get back to what you were saying as far as the playing style and everything, um, college was a whole lot faster, um, more more physical for sure. Um, but really, I say once once January hits, really. December, January hits after them first preseason games and you get your first conference games under your belt, you get a little taste on how things are really going to be. So then you get more comfortable. You get more confidence. And once you get that, really your sophomore season, you kind of, you know, you got a a notch on your belt already because you already know know what to experience. But going from, from college to pros, I honestly it was easier for me. Um, mm, that's, I think one I, of the, that's the first time I heard that. The reason I say that though is because my knowledge of the game was, was was so much. It was higher, so that's the reason it came easier for me. Because I kind of like I watch it play. Like I used to do a bunch of film sessions, mm. and I watch it play. Once I know the plays and know the different options, basketball is a simple sport, man. Once you stop something and adjust, then it's really like okay. What can this guy do? <laughs> like when you once you know everything that they're gonna do, okay, what, what's the what's the counters? Now he gotta really show his skill set on how he can really play. Right. So when when I say it came easy, it's really more so because the, the game it came it became slower for me. It and was you a faster prepared. pace. Exactly. Pre- preparation for sure. It was a faster pace, but I seen stuff before it happened, so it was slower on my mind. Mm. So that's where you I said it was a, a little bit easier for me. That's interesting. I never, I never heard it, but I, li- I like the way you, I like the way you put that. Um, 
I want to, I want to, I want to know right now in your afterlife of basketball, how has basketball been effective for you? Like those transferable skills. I know we got to, we got to be places on time. We got to communicate with our teammates. You know, we got to be uh, hard workers. Like all those things are life skills. Like how, how did basketball prepare you to be uh, a great person in, in the afterlife of basketball? Every, everything you just said, man. Like, it, when doing that, like, going to college, when they was on my behind every day, it made it a whole lot easier to do that afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. now, it's, it's nothing to wake up early in the morning to go do something. Like, mm-hmm. you just got to go do it. But um, communication skills, um, just, like, <laughs> that energy that you bring to somebody, it's different. It's, it's different when you're on the court and you got somebody just, you know, like, just not in it. So you like, you got you got to bring different. I got to lift somebody up. That's 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 being a leader. Mm, mm, I like that's that. being a leader. I like um, that. I like that. Because I've, I've been in, I've been in even to this day, like just working. I, you know, I, I work. I, right now, I work with Prudential. Um, so I do have a team. <laughs> in mm. a sense, I have a team, and we got to mm. hold each other accountable. Mm. So when somebody ain't on the on the stuff, just like just out of it right now. You kind of just got to know what to say to kind of get them in the right on the right path. You can't yell I mean, at them saying you can't yell at them saying because they threw a bad pass or yelling because they didn't send they didn't respond to the yeah. email. Some Don't people, say. some people, some people you can talk to like that, and then some people you gotta you gotta learn how to how to get that message across. Mm. Definitely, because mm. I had and I you gotta think about it, I play with Frank. Frank no one way. So he gonna <laughs> scream yell out of I can take that. But there's some people that I remember on the team that we, that once you yell at them, they'll, they'll shell up, and then now they can't be themselves on the court. Right. So right. that's the same. That's the same thing in real life. You got to learn how. You got to learn how to. You got to learn the way that that person's gonna comprehend what you're saying. So you can. There's some people you. That's how you, you get them up. You yell, but then there's some people you kind of just kind of be like, lay it down serious, but but in a different way so they can understand. For sure, and. I have some great coaches coming up from high school, college, pro. And I learned something from each one of those coaches. If, if I ask you, just pick one coach, you don't got to name a coach, but just pick one coach and one thing that you learned from that coach and, 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 and how did you, and, and how do you apply that to your everyday life right now? What, what would that be? And, um, well, I would say coach, coach Mike Boyne, he uh is coaching at um Oklahoma State right now. He was uh one of my assistant coaches my sophomore freshman year. And it's, it's as cliche as it sounds, but man, just come in here do your job. Mm. As simple as simple as that sounds, that but that's that it, it it speaks volumes because one, if you do your job, stuff it's got it's stuff got to get done regardless. So you you being mad pounding about it. In the real life, don't nobody care about that. Exactly. Like the day's still gonna go on, so you got to do it regardless. So right. he used to, and, he, and Coach Mike, he's smoothest coach you're gonna know. Like he doesn't raise his voice too much. He'll come in there, hey man, just do your job. Just do your job. You see, coaching you behind right now, right? All right, just go do your job, and he'll leave you alone. It's, it's simple. Up. It's cliche, but it's it's real. It's, it's real though. What's up? Even to this day, like when I'm working. If I do my job, I just go out here and, and do what I need to do. Things gonna get done for sure. So we we, we look at we ride on the parks, you know. But back in the day, you see, you was at Crossroads, we was at downtown, the Hamp, and the Hess, crowded all day, every day. But now you go, you don't see mm. kids on the park. You know what I mean? The most playing video games. How do you do? You think social media plays a big role in 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 in, in kids? Um, performance per se because back then we don't think we had so much of social media we can go read those things and sit on it all day but right now kids they posting stuff and they're reading other people's performance and i think that leads into some of the performance and some some type of their their self-esteem uh what's your take mm-hmm. on that um i think it's i think it's, it can be a gift and a curse honestly it depends on mm-hmm. how you take it because mm-hmm. Really, I think, man, if I had social media in my day and I seen all these other different workouts, mm. I'll, I'll use that. Mm. Like, oh, oh, man, this man jumping like this now? Or what did he do? Mm. Oh, his mm. handles done got this. Let me see what he's been doing. 
So when you when you use it in that way, it can be a gift. But then, like you said, like some people, some people just sit down and not really, they just looking at it. They're not really comprehending and, and, and asserting themselves and doing what the workouts or they just yeah. on social media just to be on social media. Um, I know even at the 2020 league, I had a, I spoke with um, a couple of, couple of kids and I was just telling them, man, like, honestly, y'all being recruited right now. When y'all on social media, y'all can't be mm. talking crazy. Can't be bullying people. You can't be posting crazy stuff. Even when you're doing your highlight tapes, coaches don't want to hear mm. cussing all in your highlight tapes. Like, for sure. Trying to teach them, just trying to teach them, like, hey, all of that, all of that's gonna follow with you. So, even uh, like you see it in the pros now, like, yep, yep. people would 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 tweet tweet something, and it's all over. It's yeah. all on social media. It's on ESPN. So everybody knows what you're saying. So for sure. you got to be smart when you when you're doing things like that. So it kind of just like like I said, it's a, it could be a gift and a curse depending on how you take it. And that segue into my next question. We're talking about mental health. You know, back in the days, you know, like you said, coaches, the Frank Martins and the high school coaches, they yell and, you know, yell and say certain things. And, you know, we had to kind of figure it out and kind of just go along with it because we hear the same things on a park, right? But right now, it ain't mm-hmm. no park. And now yeah, these people yeah. got situations where, you know, do you think mental health is a situation where kids are not tough enough? Or do you think social media has kind of softened them up a little bit so they don't get in that 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 competitive grind that we have in the park. What, what, what do you think about that? Okay. Now I'm glad you said that because um, it, like the way that you put it just then, as far as kind of the softness of everything, and it's it's universal. It's not even just sports. It's like with everything in life right now. And um, so I think social media does play a big part of that. Um, just kind of just I don't want to say being a man, but it's kind of just just building the toughness. Like I know, I know it's hard to say that without like even now I'm trying to be politically correct. Of trying course, to say something, of course, I'm of not course. Defend somebody. Of course, but you just kind of I, I I do think social media has softened a lot of uh, a, a lot of people when it comes to that. Um, Cause I like, man, my dad used to be my on my behind, so that was easy when I was when I went to Darren Horn. Darren exactly. Horn was on my behind. That was right. easy when I went to Frank. So, but I mean, some people might not have that upbringing. Mm. Even like the parks, like the parks make or break some people. <laughs> There's some people who who go there that first day, Don't they're come not back. gonna come back <laughs> that next day. So right. yeah, man, I I do think I do think it's a it's a softer a softer. Uh, just a softer crowd now, just just based on just just because of all these different factors, uh, and there's no parks like you said. Right. There's no there's no parks out there like that. I was just thinking that um when we was talking about parks earlier. I was like, man, I don't know if it's just because I haven't been out there seeing it, or it really is just no parks. Right, my parks still downtown. And I see it used to be packed, packed all all the time. Now, Ain't nobody like, out there every now and then. Yeah, every right. now and then it might be packed, but it used to be packed like that all the time. Right. RJ, the other issue that's really pending is the, um, you know, players getting paid now. You know, back in the days, I don't think that was an issue when we was coming up where we can get paid for our likeness. Um, and I really do think that athletes do deserve something. My take is even if every school got different budgets, which I understand, even if it's $10,000 per student athlete, I think it should be an incentive where you can get five as a freshman and then you get five as a senior if you graduate or whatever the number is. And I think that should be because you can't just give kids money and then they don't graduate and they're back in ground, back at the same spot when they, when they finish graduate. And my other thing is, before I let you answer, we work four years of high school because we work in playing high school ball. Then we work four years, then we play four years of college ball and we can't work. I'm sorry. We don't work in high schools. So we be playing high school ball. Then we don't work in college can be playing college ball eight to 10 years, eight to 10 years out of the job market, no job experience. So we don't get a pro contract. We're pretty much screwed. So right now, yes, mm-hmm. I think the money that the kids should be getting should be um, compensated properly and then invested. What's your take on that now that they're getting paid? Um, I'm all for it, honestly. I like I like the fact that 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 the 
the athletes are getting student athletes are getting paid. Um, but I do think there should be some rules and regulations to it. Um, really, when it comes down to like even grades, because I mean it is a student athlete first. Exactly. Like you said, like they got incentives when from freshman year to the senior year. I, I I didn't think about it that way, but that was a great way to put it. But I, I mean, think, think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it, because when you're aging as a senior leaving college, we're in debt because our agent is putting us up in a hotel, paying our bills, not paying right. our bills, but we're working. But the, they give us, uh, you know, um, money. Advanced, we got to pay no back advanced. on the contract. But what if you get that money? What if you got a stipend you get out of college that you can roll over the next two, three years until you figure it out? That's that'll be a huge deal. Right, right. And then you got to think about how much money these people – that you're bringing into this university anyway. Like that little piece of money that they're going to give you ain't breaking, that's, that's nothing. Like that's not sure. hurting nobody. For sure. That's not For hurting sure. no, That's not hurting anybody. So I, I'm the, I'm glad you put it that way too because I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. But yeah, have a, have a little stipend or whatever for afterwards. Right. So they can figure it out and then they can, they can find their way. For sure. For sure. Even honestly, I'm glad you brought that up though because um. Even after college, because you said, you know, people, you, you don't get a chance to work from high school to college. And if you don't get a pro, even when you're a pro, if you're not with the right agency, mm. you're still kind of mm. behind the eight ball because you, you don't have any retirement. You don't mm. have any, you don't even know, you, you don't know about all the different benefits that you will have with a job. And you're losing out on a lot of those because you're in a, you're with a bad agency who hadn't, hadn't, you that doesn't have a financial advisor, doesn't have you mm. investing, doesn't have you saving for this. So all that ties in. For sure. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge thing. But I'm glad that things are getting better and we're trying to, you know, make it better overall for student athletes. But it takes these type of conversations, you know, to make those things work. Because otherwise, someone that doesn't play ball, they don't really know what we actually go through with those eight years, eight mm. to 12 years of trying to really figure it out. So these conversations really help the audio helped the kids, you know, figure it out and trying to look, look, look 10 years from now so they can kind of see what they need to do or what not to do. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically teaches the game of basketball focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. In closing, RJ, we, we created something called Oatmeal Recipe. And Oatmeal Recipe is uh, skill development, education, and nutrition. And those three ingredients can go mm. with any type of uh, sport and go on corporate America, what have you. So um, mm. I want to ask you, how important are those three ingredients to you? Um, I'll start with uh, skill development. And I, when I talk about skill development, I'm all, yeah, I'm talking about the sport as well, but we are also actually what are the type of skills you learn from playing basketball, right? So mm -hmm. talk about those skill development just as a whole and how important they are, uh, that uh, ingredient is to you. Definitely. So uh, yeah, skill and like you said, skill development is not just with sports. Like skill development is with everything. That's that's the leadership. That's the depth, uh, dedication. That's the discipline. Um, all of that is part of skill development, and it gives you once you once you once you I won't even say master, but once you get in and learning these skills, it gives you the confidence to do a, a lot of other things. And then it's a it's a recipe. <laughs> So once and it's a recipe to everything. Like honestly, like like you just said, you can do the same thing for basketball, which you would do in the corporate America. You just gotta get the get the right ingredients, and once you know the formula, mm. then you can place it to life. Mm. And, and that's how that's how you kind of just get successful at things. Right.
How about um, education? And yeah, education when talking about reading and writing, but it's, it's a lot of education in sports as well. When someone's being recruited, I tell players all the time, if, if it's 17 fouls, you shooting a one-on-one, why are you shooting a three-pointers? You know what I mean? Like drive to the basket, get to the line. Those are the type of education that goes into and in, in towards the sport. Um, how mm-hmm. important is education to you and how do you apply it to, to your everyday life? I mean, education, education is important, but you gotta consume the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, you can you can learn, you can read something, but if you consume it the wrong way or whatever you are reading and, and consuming isn't correct and you're applying it then mm. it can set you back so mm. it's, it's not it, you need to you need to be on your p's and q's about what you're what you're learning even when it comes to school like we learn a lot of a lot of the simple things but you don't really learn the life things you don't you don't learn about the same things i was just talking about with investing 401k you don't know about paying bills you don't learn about mm. debt you don't learn about interest rates all of this extra stuff that really applies in your real life so I mean, I think it's more about what you're what you're learning and, and comprehending. Mm, I like that. I like that. And the last one is nutrition. You know, and I, so I gotta put a slash with sleep with that because everybody I talk to say, yeah, nutrition is important, but sleep is just as important. But I wanna say one thing about nutrition. I go to these these travel ball tournaments, AAU tournaments, and kids are eating Skittles and McDonald's and fast food before games, after games. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, the organization, whoever are the coaches, we should know better because we can't we can't expect the kids to perform at a high level when sugar, first of all, slows your memory down, slows your processing down. So what's your take on nutrition mm. and uh, how do you apply it to your, your everyday life? And nutrition, I'm glad you said that, man. Nutrition actually changed, changed my career. Um, mm. Just learning. Cause I remember uh, in college, I mean, one day they just wanted me to gain weight. So I used to eat any and everything, just gain weight. So I used to just, just eat. Right. But when I became pro, when I, my weight was already there, when I changed my nutrition, that kind of helped my endurance. That helped, that helped sure. me gain, that actually helped me gain more muscle. Exactly. That helped me gain a bunch of different, different uh, other assets that I didn't even know. Like, exactly. it just, um, even like you just said, like, brain capacity like um just not being lackadaisical not being sleepy i am a whole lot more energy um and that 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 applies to not just sports but just everyday everyday life like getting a proper rest eating the proper foods consuming the proper things that need the, the proper nutrients mm. for you to 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 succeed in level like it's, it's different levels like you can eat mcdonald's or whatnot that's gonna get you what you need to get by but right. you're trying to get better, you need to you need to eat the proper foods. Exactly. And in AU, like you said, man, after in between games they'll go go to Wendy's or something. But um, I mean, it's, it's 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 no problem just getting some fruit. Right. It's no problem getting some oranges, some something to, to be be laid around for you. But right. uh, they, I think they do need to change that structure a little bit with AU, um, as far as the games. Like kind of sure. spread that out so people had the opportunity to kind of do it. Oh, prepare it. Like you know what you're getting yourself in to. So prepare it. Have somebody there prepared for you. Right. So you good. So that I means that's something you ain't gotta worry about. Like even if it's like uh your coaches or I don't know, a mom, coach mom, uh team mom or whatever, somebody have the proper nutrition for these players. But we need people like us kind of telling these people this because some people they just don't know they just don't know some coaches they just coaching they just love kids but they don't right. really know the right the, the right structure they, they don't know the right ingredients so for sure and um one more last thing before i let you go because you uh, you touched you you made a, a statement on it a comment on it about the aau the games and all that stuff in 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 that I can't blame the AAU. I could I, I blame these organizations and these coaches for not being upfront with these parents. That's why you got parents fighting in the stands and yelling because they think if they're they don't some of these kids are like mm-hmm. also playing in the AAU tournament. They're playing in the USBA or um a YBOA or some type of other tournament, right? Because they don't first of all, 
a college coach is not going to be at a, a seventh grader mm -hmm. YBO game. They got certain times they can be out. So having all these games is just, uh, uh, I call it a tourniquet. It's a vacation in the tournament because everybody else is making money. The city's making money, the restaurants, the arena's making money through rental, referees are making mm -hmm. money through calling games, but the kids did lost by 20 and had 2.3 point game, 2.3 point points in the whole tournament. And then they spent three, five, three to five thousand dollars for the right. whole summer. It's crazy. Right. Right. And, Dang, and that, I, that is my take on that is my take on that. It's, it's so frustrating. So I'm glad you commented on that because you know I just wanted to get that out. Like it, it has to change. Our kids are being duped because they're just not being led properly when they're trying to uh so-called get themselves known. Exactly. Yeah, you got you definitely have to go. And luckily, my dad was the one that kind of stirred me in the right way and and, and knew hey, right. I can't go to no YBOA tournament if I'm trying right. to get recruited. I need to go to these AU tournaments where that sanctions so exactly. college coaches will be there. Even when it came to Clarence House, a lot of these mm. a lot of these AU coaches or even parents, they don't know that they need to have the Clarence House. Kids ain't even eligible. College. Kids ain't even eligible. Great. <laughs> it's crazy. So, and that's one thing I gotta. I, I give my, my hat off to 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 twenty twenty league with with Trey and and um Trav and everybody on the board. That that's something that we definitely preach about and let them know. Hey, you need to be on your grades. You need to. You need to. You need to go through the clearing house. We let the parents know. Mm. This is how. How this is what they need to do to be seen. They need to go to these sanctified tournaments. They need to go through, they need to have these this grade point average and they need to go through the clearing house. So for sure, for sure. And big ups to Trav and, and Trey and Oya for doing that. That's a great, I think that's a great concept. It's going to grow tremendously. And um anything I anything I can do to help you guys, you know, continue to let me know. I think it's a great, great idea. Good job you guys putting that together, man. Yes, I appreciate you. For sure, for sure. But that's it. That's all I got for you today, big guy. Ooh. I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, any last thing you want to say to any um, upcoming student athletes out there that, you know, looking to get to the next level? Anything you want to say to them before you go? Um, Really just like you, uh, what we talked about earlier with the ingredients, kind of just, just take what we said. Um, I mean, we experienced this stuff, man. So it's not yeah. like we're trying to we, we want to see y'all win. We want to see everybody succeed. So we're just trying to, you know, give y'all the gems on – the stuff that we went through, the mistakes that we made, sure. and or the lessons that we learned. And obviously, y'all gonna have y'all different experiences, but learning from my experiences could probably never get you through some of your experiences that you might sure. experience. So for sure. All right, big man. I appreciate but yeah, you. man. I appreciate you having me though, man. Yes, sir. This is long overdue, man. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Bro. I already know, man. I already know. <laughs> So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. I want to thank RJ for coming on and giving us his wealth of knowledge of, uh, of being a student athlete, uh, being a local talent and being in the local parks. Uh, he made his way and made a name for himself um, through the sport. So we like to talk to athletes that, uh, that did a lot of damage, good damage in their careers here locally. We'll be right back. Don't forget to subscribe to the Triple Threat Podcast on your favorite listening platform. We are live on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. That's Triple Threat spelled 3-R-I-P-L-E-3-H-R-E-A-T. Triple Threat Podcast. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of 
things that every community needs, looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth, and everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful, and, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing, and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.